the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'll be 88. Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high 90. Thursday, partly sunny with a couple of thunderstorms and a high 92. That's your Accurate of the Forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM860, The Answer. Uh, hey, yo! Uh, here we go. Microphone check. One, two, one, two. I said microphone check. One, two. <laughs> And we're on with our microphone check. One, two, one, two. How about that, Ken? Morning, Doc. Did you like that? I did, yeah. <laughs> I know you played a little bit more of it than you usually do. Yeah, I, I just enjoy it. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and I got Ken by my side, and we're doing a radio show. And uh, by the way, I'm coming to the station Wednesday, and we're going to look around and see where we can set up to have a live show and invite guests into the studio guess we'll have to invite all the people who have participated in the toenail gel study. By the way, Ken, um, I've got somebody and she's writing it up so we can make the final submission to the to CEDAR, which is the Center for Drug Investigation and, and Recommendations and Control, part of the FDA. Any rate. Well, I'm glad to hear that. You haven't talked about that for a while. I was wondering if it was still in the, uh, you know, offing. It is. You know, the, the, I really got untracked, uh, derailed by the, by the, uh, by the pandemic, that really threw me off. But by by the way, I, what I wanted to say was anybody who participated in the study and took pictures of before and after of their toenails, please get in touch with us so that we can uh, copy those because I don't think I made copies of everybody's toenails so we can submit that along with the study. They want to see, you know, the two things they want to see when you submit to the, to the uh, FDA is, is it safe and does it work? And so we need to show that it works. So anybody out there, don't forget and give us a call at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411 and tell Beth and we'll give you a way to upload it or we can get it from your phone. You can just text it to us. We'll give you a phone number to text to, but uh, we do need those pictures. Anybody who still has those on their phone. Well, good luck with that, Doc. Yeah, well, listen, I'm I'm really confident that this thing's going to go. Um, we just got to get the final submission, and then we're there. Excellent. Okay. Speaking of the FDA, guess what? Sir. You know the monovalent and the bivalent uh, Moderna and Pfizer vaccines? Right. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, the monovalent was just for the uh, the the, uh, the Delta and the Alpha strains, and then the Omicron, the the bivalent came out. Well, the monovalent is now uh, no longer approved for use in the United States by the FDA. How about that? It's only the bivalent. So uh, if you're going to get a, a booster, get the bivalent booster. If you're going to get a new, a new, uh, you know, de novo immunization, get the uh, bivalent. And that's the way it is. You probably won't be able to get the monovalent anywhere. And by the way, they've approved for six months and up now for the COVID vaccine. What do you think about that, buddy boy? Is everything still free as far as uh, vaccines concerned, or are we charging now the insurance companies? Uh, well, it's it was never really free. Uh, it was free to the public, but uh, the doctor's offices and the pharmacies 
uh, would charge the government $40. Uh, so I think that that is still in play. But I, mean, here, I know, I know, I think it was what the World Health Organization declared the whole pandemic over. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> them. <laughs> well, I, mean, <laughs> I think that happened last week, or was it? Yeah. These, but this is the same organization that said North Korea had the best health care system in the world <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> was it April Fool's Day when they said that? Uh, you know, who knows? But <laughs> by the way, they do do some good research. And if you do, if you read their research and not their politics, uh, they do put out some good research. So, you, you know, the, the whole thing on the mask uh, and Fox News is constantly uh, beating the drum that the mask thing was was a, was phony and didn't work. Yeah, it worked. They're, the masks are fairly effective. They're more effective if you have it and you wear the mask than if you don't have it and wear the mask. But even at that, we know that it cut down on the transmission. Um, now, did it cut down considerably? Uh, did it protect the bright people? Well, of course, that's a question we always ask ourselves, and that's why we try to get the old folks and those who are chronically ill to wear the mask and uh, protect themselves. The kids, I don't think it, it made a whole lot of difference, but and they didn't seem to get that sick anyway. Just very few kids died in Florida and, and nationally, so that was a bunch of baloney that the teachers put out, and God knows why. But in situations like bars, I'm sure it must have helped a little bit. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you got somebody that's uh, – incubating the virus and they're sneezing and coughing all over the place, well, they're going to spread it. But if they've got a mask on, a double ply, uh, cotton mask, tight-knit cotton mask, they're going to cut down on their transmission of of, uh, of those micro particles of, of uh, phlegm and, and snot by 80%, Ken. Yeah, it's significant. So. Significant. It was and never it, meant to, I think that's where it got kind of mixed up there, it was never meant to prevent the infection from coming in. It was meant to prevent it from going out. Yep, primarily. And uh, so, you know, I, I I appreciate all the good work that Fox News does in bringing to light things that the rest of the news outlets don't. Uh, but there's also some uh, hysteria. You know, they're news people, Ken. You know how that goes. Right, exactly. And uh, so we have to take everything with a grain of salt, even even the conservative outlets. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, remember absolutely. everybody's trying to make money. First of all, yeah, and they're going to play to their audience exactly, and People. they're going to make it sound as spectacular as it can be. Oh yeah, you know, and you know, Mrs. Mrs. Miniker's cat is stuck up in a tree. Fire department called. You know, three alarm like, cat tree. What's the old saying in news? If it bleeds, it leads. That's right. You know, so it's showbiz. It's showbiz, baby. It's showbiz. So at any rate, you know, Macron was over uh, hobnobbing with uh, with President Xi a few weeks ago, and, and there was a good article in the Wall Street Journal saying that the real obstacle to decoupling from Beijing isn't Western governments because most of Europe is with us. They just are being a little more quiet about it, but they're being more aggressive too, Ken. They're blocking uh, the Chinese from coming in and doing things and putting up uh, economic sanctions, but they're saying it very softly and sweetly, you know. <laughs> well, as long as they do it. But the problem is, is that you've got all these companies that are making big money off of uh, producing and investing uh, uh, in Japan. Uh, you know, look at Elon Musk and, and Tesla. 
I don't know what percentage of his cars or part car parts are made there, but it's certainly a big one. And the you know they're putting up more and more uh, battery plants. And although we have quietly had uh, GM put up a big plant, I think in Indiana or Illinois, I can't remember which state. Uh, you know, my neighbor across the street is a GM guy. It's a huge plant, and uh, they're going to make batteries there. But uh, Elon's still making batteries not only in the United States but overseas. In in uh, in China, so well. According to what I've been reading, we're going to need every one of them. So. Yeah, and how do how do we decouple? I mean, this is not easy. How are you going to get these businesses to stop doing business with the Chinese? I mean, I'm as guilty as anybody. You know, I bought a lot of my uh, my uh, base chemicals and and drugs to make my toenail gel from China. No, but you know, if I'd gone to an American company and I researched this, guess where they buy it? China. That's right. <laughs> you know, so I figured, skip the middleman. That's back before uh, Trump put in all the uh, in all the tariffs on everything, and then the prices really jumped. But... Hey, Doc, we're getting the call. Hang on a second here. Okay. Let me see what we got here. Da -da -da. Lock that in there. All right, caller, identify yourself. This is the captain, Matthew. How are you, sir? <laughs> oh my God, the captain's awake. <laughs> Well, I'm awake because I'm at a gun show over in Largo, a two-guys gun show. Over oh, here. you're out. Yes, Doc. We expect to see you over here. Oh, all right. Where is it in Largo? The Largo Event Center on 126th Avenue North, just north of uh, US-19 in between Homerton and Roosevelt. Largo on Gun the North side of the highway. All right. Well, I'll see if I can get over there. I'm, I'm if, you, if you can, we have something to give you for free and... We have a world-famous traveler with me. Who you got? Can't tell you. Then it wouldn't be a, a surprise. Everybody's got to oh. come and see who it is. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's somebody that's going to be even more famous in another, I don't know, month or so when he pulls up to our front door in his big rig. All right. Okay. Wait, well, wait, I'll see if I Wait till you, you see what I'm talking about. I don't have any patients in the hospital, and I'm all caught up on my chart work, so I might be able to escape the little Korean and get over there for a bit. Come see me. I'll be here today till about uh, 2 o'clock. All right, buddy boy. Take care, my friend. See you then. See you later, Captain. Thank you. All right, Captain's out in the bout already. Yeah. On a Sunday, the man never rests. I tell you what, he's always plugging something. He he's, is. He's a real go-getter. Busiest man in radio. We love him. Yes, we do. <clears throat> What and were we talking about, though? Where were we? We were we were talking about uh, the geopolitical situation with the, you know, with France, with Macron saying that he doesn't want to follow the United States and he's not under our thumb. But the rest of Europe, even though they're not under our thumb, they feel the same way about the Chinese and about the threat to their economy and their their uh, uh, privacy and their intellectual property. And uh, so this this is not just the United States. This is this is all of the Western world. Even France is doing things. You know, the French sent they sent a, a battleship through uh, through the Taiwan Straits uh, right after Macron was over there talking with Xi, just to let the Chinese know that they can mount a little bit of a response. They're still one of the biggest nuclear powers on Earth. Did you know that? I I know they had a lot of them. I didn't know they were one of the biggest. I, well, the big three are still China, Russia, and us. And then I think them and and then probably Britain. Yeah, and and then the Israelis are probably uh, quietly right in the in the in the hunt there. That I think the last time I checked, there was an estimate of over a hundred nuclear warheads, and those are probably multiple reentry vehicles. 
that the uh, Israelis are sitting on. And we don't know what Iran has. Of course, India and um, Pakistan. It, Is it India and Pakistan they both have them now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one of the big deals. And the Indians are, they're really, I mean, they're quietly building up and, and uh, they've got the largest military on earth. They have the largest army on earth. Who are they aligned with right now? Anybody? Us? Chinese? Russia? No, they don't like the Chinese. They're they're having skirmishes with the Chinese up in the up in the border uh, in the Himalayas. Yeah, great. Then they're on our side. Well, they they are walking that fine line because you know the Russians helped them when they first uh, got their independence from Great Britain, and uh, Nehru was a socialist. He was a wacko too. Uh, do you know that he would send his laundry out to to China Lon- to London <laughs> to London. To London, he would not have his laundry done <laughs> domestically in <laughs> India. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know much about politics, did he? <laughs> well, I mean, he he shaped the country for for fifty years. I mean, his his daughter and his grandson were both prime ministers. Well, you try to shop local when you're a leader, you know. Yeah, Indira Gandhi was his daughter, and uh, her son. I think it was Ravi Gandhi. Uh, you know, Indira got assassinated by one of her own uh, guards. Mm-hmm. Ravi was killed in a car accident. They probably knocked his ass off, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big anti-sentiment uh, in, in uh, India against Nehru, and, and you know, they're kind of regretting that they sided with the Russians during the Cold War rather than with the United States. But one of the things that happened, Ken, was that when the Pakistan-India uh, war back in the 70s and the 60s and 70s, when they were at it, was going on, uh, we were siding with Pakistan. And why? Because we wanted a, a check between Russia and India. And uh, so we, we picked the country that was between them and that was hostile to both at that time. So that's the way. Politics are weird, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. Strange bedfellows, my friend. Yeah, but when you're playing with nuclear weapons, you got to be careful. So, well, now that the Pakistanis can't even feed themselves, oh my God, they have a mess. I think India is is going to have to step in and help them out, which is going to really ruffle some feathers in India because you know most of India, they don't care for the Pakistanis. Well, if you want to be a world power, you got to act responsible. You got to open your heart once in a while. Yeah, but because not, you know what, hungry people make warring for a lot, a lot more likely. Speaking of hungry people, what are we going to do with all these crazy people on the street, Ken? I mean, this is out of control. You see where this wacko down in Texas mowed down eight people at a at an outlet mall. Yeah, I guess he just got out of his car and started shooting. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on, we got to get these people off the street. And uh, you know, I had a guy pull up into the parking lot of my building my office and so i go out to go home i didn't know he was there and guess what he is repairing his car and spilling uh axle grease all over my parking lot <laughs> and i'm like dude this isn't this is not a repair shop yeah i know but my car's broken what a, what am i your mother what <laughs> <laughs> out <laughs> And, you know, you call the cops and, you know, they may show up an hour later. By that time, everybody's gone yeah. and the whole thing's over. Unless, of course, it's a it's a veteran. Then they're there in five minutes with SWAT and uh, you know, 
and and it's my property and I'm in the wrong. So go figure that. <clears throat> well, I'm sorry to hear that, Doc. St. Pete police. You know, some of them are really nice and some of them are just yahoos. <laughs> well, it's your ticket, Doc. So you just keep yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll probably get it. Yeah, I'll probably be stopped on the way to work tomorrow. <laughs> you say something negative about us? Yes, sir. <laughs> Here, have a ticket. <laughs> no, they wouldn't make it up, but they'll find something. Nobody drives perfectly all the time. No. So, uh, you, you know, Bakhmut, you've heard about Bakhmut. And, sure, and, they lit it on fire yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's in, in the Ukraine. For you, you guys who don't know, that's over in the eastern part where they're fighting the Russians and who whoever else is they're fighting with the Russians. And uh, I guess the Ukrainians are claiming that the Russians used phosphorus bombs, which are uh, supposedly not to be used uh, according to international convention and treaty. And these things are uh, highly incendiary. Uh, they're very sticky. And uh, what happens is when, when you blow it up and it comes in contact with oxygen, it ignites spontaneously. Heats up to 800 degrees, Ken. Oh, my. And they say that if even if you have a bandage, if you get some of this on you and you have a bandage on you and you you know you smother it out, if you take the bandage off, it can reignite. It wow. Can re so they're burning down the whole city, even though most of the people are gone. And the guy that, that's the head of the Wagner group, you know what the Wagner group? Sure, he's, he's he's having a hissy fit right now. Yeah, he's a, he's a private mercenary group that works for the Russians. And by the way, you know who Wagner was? Wagner was the German composer that Hitler just loved. He was a 19th century opera and, uh, composer, and he was sort of the poster child for Hitler for, for fascism and Nazism. And you, the Russians, you know, their big claim was that the Ukrainians were Nazis and they had to stop them. <laughs> and so this guy's named his group after the the poster child of, of fascism and <laughs> Prigozhin is his name p-r-i-g-o-z-h-i-n Prigozhin yeah he better watch himself he's going to disappear he's going to get accidentally killed well one of his people got blown up in a cafe in uh in uh, st petersburg a few weeks ago you don't hear much about that down by the beach the, the, not, oh the other st petersburg the, okay. other, the other one the one that's got <laughs> hermitage okay we've, we've got the dolly they got the hermitage <laughs> <clears throat> no, that was, a, that was a statue one, right? Uh, somebody walked in, gave him a statue or something, and it blew up. Yeah, yeah. blew his butt right out of the water. <laughs> so uh, they're coming after him, and then we had the drone strike on the Kremlin, and uh, one of my friends said, well, Putin better be careful. He better watch out. <laughs> I guess he better. I would duck. <laughs> I don't think he stays there much anymore. No, I don't think he's probably in a bunker underground like Hitler was. Yeah, something like that. He's so paranoid. So at any rate, this Wagner chief, he says that their losses are increasing exponentially and that they have no ammunition. They're short on ammunition that the Russians are not supplying them. So they're pulling back on May 10th, which is, what, a couple of days? Wednesday, I think. They're completely pulling out. So they say, but then the Ukrainians say, no, nah, they're just going back and re, re, uh, reorganizing their lines. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a, the exciting thing to come out of there yesterday. I don't know if this is true, but the Ukrainians say it is. Apparently, one of our Patriot missiles took out a hypersonic missile from the Russians. Pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> the Russians 
that it couldn't be done. Well, we don't even have to invent something new. We already have it. We got it, baby. Just It just had never been tried they, before. You just got to do the settings right. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> so. So much for these hypersonic missiles. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. A lot of weapons getting a lot of testing in this war. Yep. A lot of weapons. So, at any rate, it looks like the uh, Ukrainian situation. The Ukrainians are getting ready to mount an offensive. Can you believe that? A spring offensive. Yeah. I, they're going for Crimea. They want that back. Well, I want them to have it back. So do I. It's theirs. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> that'll give them more control over the Black Sea, which is which is a big deal. That's what the Russians have been after for centuries. They want that Black Sea. They want warm water ports, and they want to be able to control that. And they'd love to have the Straits of Bosphorus, too, the Dardanelles. <clears throat> well, that's the reason they took Crimea in the first place, so built that, yeah, big, that built, built that big expensive bridge. That's the reason they defeated the Turks uh, a few hundred years ago. They wanted that. Yeah. They wanted that little that little uh, narrow strait to get it from the Black Sea out to the Mediterranean, so then they've got <clears throat> access to the world. Yeah, it's very important to them. And do you think, do you think in the end it will be negotiated that they'll have some sort of unfeathered access? If they just, well, I think in the end I'm going to deploy my uh, plasma weapon and take them all out. <laughs> To get rid of the Russians, they're nothing but highly educated thugs. Have you seen the picture of the guy that heads the Wagner Group? I mean, he looks like a, he looks like a boxer. He looks like you know, big thuggy boxer. He's all bulky and he's got this big cauliflower nose. Yeah, it looks like he's been punched in the face a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he doesn't look he doesn't look like somebody he'd warm up and cuddle up to. <clears throat> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know what? What? He's, he's the only guy here standing up to Putin at all. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because Putin doesn't have anybody to fight. Well, he's killed off the rest of them, too. <laughs> he's, he's killed like 30 people in the last couple of months. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Yeah. Not a good time to be a rich mouthpiece in uh, Russia. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, in, in preparation for going to Japan, I bought one of those... Uh, uh, Game Boy steering wheel and pedal gas pedals. You know what the kids use to 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 do simulated racing? Yeah, the gaming stuff, right? Yeah, the gaming stuff. And and I put together a little a little gaming station, and uh, you, you clamp the steering wheel to the table, and you put a little platform down at the bottom of the table so you can put your pedals on there, and it's pretty cool. And I ordered a a, a program, an app for the computer. That's you can simulate driving on the left hand side. Oh, you get some practice then. You can practice. So I'm going to learn to drive using this thing that I have put together and the equipment that I bought at GameStop or one of these stores. <clears throat> it looks pretty cool. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'll keep you informed on that. I wish I would have had that when I went to uh, Ireland because I had to drive on the left hand side. I almost killed the whole family several times. Well, yeah, but you were okay. We made it through, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was scary a few times. Well, how many kids you got? Two. Oh, well, you can't you can't afford to lose one. I mean, if you got five or six, what the heck? I know. We, we just had the one in the spare. You know. Yeah, you got one in the spare. You can't lose any. That's right. <laughs> so that's important. So at any rate, I'm going to practice driving, and uh, the wife's practicing her Japanese. She's learning to speak Japanese. 
she's my little Sakajawea. You know who Sakajawea was? Um, so- Indian, Indian translator. Sakajawea, yeah, Sakajawea, Sakajawea. Uh, Lewis and Clark, they picked her up on their way out of St. Louis, and she was hanging around with some nasty old fur trapper. And she became their their interpreter because she spoke two or three different Indian dialects, and uh, she also spoke French and she spoke English, so she was multilingual, and she became an integral part of their uh their journey across the United States and uh, looking at the Louisiana Purchase and mapping it all out. Now, by the way, they were not the first people to have trekked through there. The, the French trappers had been out there for, you know, one or two centuries, but they were the first to actually document and uh, and, and draw maps and note things. And yeah, I think it was a it was an official government sponsored trip, wasn't it? It, it was. Yeah. It, uh, Thomas Jefferson sent them out there. And uh, Clark, I think Clark ended up raising uh, uh, Sacagawea's kids after she died, and the French trapper abandoned them or whatever. But fascinating. At any rate, I got my own little Sacagawea. She is learning to speak Japanese. So that's good. I mean, even if she can't speak it, she'll at least be able to read it. How how different are the two languages, Korea and Korean and Japanese? Completely different? Well, you know, the pronunciation, you, you can learn the vowels easier, uh, but there are certain things the Japanese cannot, I mean, they just cannot learn how to pronounce like an L. Now, my wife learned how to pronounce L's, but, uh, and Z's, those are, they're very hard for, for the, uh, the uh, Chinese-based languages. But now remember, Korean is not, uh, it's not a character logic alphabet. It is an alphanumeric. It's a, it's a, it's like English, you know, it's got A's and B's and C's and D's and vowels and consonants. And it's pretty cool the way they do it, Ken. They'll stack a vowel on top of a consonant uh, to, to, make, um, uh, to make a part of the word, and then they put those together. So you can spell my name phonetically. It's a phonetic alphabet. You can spell my name phonetically in Korean, and on my father-in-law's grave, my name is spelled phonetically. And if you pronounce it, it's Handelman. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Okay, I never knew that. I don't think I've ever seen the Korean language in writing. So. It, it's really, it's really a, a neat scientific language, and I enjoy. Uh, uh, I've learned a little bit when I was over there. I could read a few things, but uh, you know, if you don't do it every day, you, you lose it. Doc, it's about time for a break. How about a question? Uh, okay, what what kind of question? We ha- how about something about the COVID vaccine? That's a good one. Uh, okay. All righty. Well, I'm going to let you make up the question then. You you, right. you come up with the what? question. And uh, wait a minute. Let me let me tell them what they're playing for here. Uh, we have uh, two. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs up for grabs here. And the first person to answer the question correctly at 877-969-8600 will win. That's 877-969-8600. And that question is, doctor. What age group uh, is now allowed to have or now okay to have the COVID vaccine, the bivalent vaccine, from what age up? From, you know, from 10, 12, 6, whatever. You've got, you got to remember that and call first caller 877-969-8600. That's, that- the, that's, the, that's the number to call. First one with the correct answer will win. Two mugs, baby. All right, Doc. We'll see you on the other side. All right. <laughs> 
Here's the latest from The Answer News Center. AM 860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Today, low times of clouds and sun with a high 90. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 68. Tomorrow, sun and areas of high clouds in the morning, then rather cloudy in the afternoon, the high will be 90. On Tuesday, comfortable with periods of clouds and sunshine, the high will be 88. Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high 90. Thursday, partly sunny with a couple of thunderstorms and a high 92. That's your Accurate the Forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM860, The Answer. But I'm back now. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I got Ken with me. We're doing a live show today, and we're talking about all kinds of things. Uh, oh, I got to tell you this, Ken. You'll like this. So, uh, you know, I had I'm going to get my knee replaced on the 16th. Hopefully, I'll be okay to do the show that Sunday. I'm going to probably move everything downstairs since it'll be hard to get up and down the steps, and uh, I'll just do it from from down in the uh, living room. That should be fun. 
it's up to you, Doc. I mean, we can work around you if you're too if it's uh, too much, you know. Well, I think people need to see me and and they want <laughs> doing recovering. Should I do a live shot of my knee with stitches in it, or is that too gross? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So at any rate, so I'm going to get the knee done on the 16th, and we're going out to uh, Wednesday, as you know. We're coming to the station to uh, hang out with you guys and look for a place to have a live uh, uh, show with with an audience, and we'll invite people in, as I was saying. And uh, uh, but. Uh, I'm going to be over in St. Augustine on next Sunday, so we'll do the show live from there. That should be a special, fun show. Uh, we'll give a little shot of the beach and see what we can see down there in that beautiful city, up there in that beautiful city. I do love it. It's uh, so historic. It is historic. And uh, then the other thing I wanted to tell you about is, so I had my pre-op, and my wife, she's my doctor, so... Uh, my little nurse practitioner, my little Sakajawi, and my little Gimchi girl. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what Sakajawi means? No, I don't. What, what's that mean? Woman who never stops talking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at any rate, uh, she, you know, she had the, the staff draw my blood work, and I don't take anything for cholesterol. And as you know, I probably drink a little bit more beer than I should. And uh, she thinks my diet is terrible. And, of course, she's on cholesterol medicine, and she's on blood pressure medicine, and she's on thyroid medicine and all that because of all the problems that come with age and most people. You should have seen my cholesterol, Ken. HDL is the good one. That's the, the one you want as high as possible. Yeah. Mine was over 100, and I've only seen a handful of people who have that. And uh, then my LDL, which is the bad stuff, and you want that below 100, it was in the 70s, in the 70s. Well, you're, you're doing great. You're, you're a vegetarian, aren't you? Uh, Ovo-lacto. I'll, I'll eat unfertilized eggs and, of course, milk, dairy products, and that's where I get most of my protein. You get a little protein from beans and stuff, but we've talked about this before. It's just not the same quality of protein as as animal protein and, and dairy products and eggs are animal protein. And so uh, my cholesterol, my liver enzymes were perfect. My kidneys are perfect. I mean, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that this old man <laughs> <laughs> who's, uh, I take a little bit of medicine for blood pressure and that's about it. Well, you know, you follow your own advice. Well, I, it's not easy though, you know. I had to go get my stomach cut out to, <laughs> to follow my own advice. Well, that's, that's probably a little extreme. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, most people wouldn't be able to do that, but it actually alters the uh, insulin, glucagon, uh, and cretin, all the little hormones that come out of your pancreas and your gut. Uh, it, it actually alters them back to childhood type levels. So it really does something when you cut your stomach out. It really, all right. well, yeah, it's a physiologic effect. And biochemical effect. It's it's pretty cool. Well, maybe we'll see more of that. Maybe we should be doing more of that. Oh, obesity yeah. obesity is a problem in this country. Yeah, well, that and you know people overeating. But <laughs> well, how are you going to stop that? Yeah, I know. And it also it is all about proportion. It is all about portions, I should say. Yeah, we do have a winner, Doc. Who we got? Says here, Mark Reed. Mark of Tampa, Florida. 
is the winner. Knew that the correct age for the uh, now allowable vaccine is uh, what? What's that age, Doc? Six months. Six months is your now zero to six. If you got a zero to six year old home, they can get the vaccine if they want it. Oh, well, they don't know, but you can get it for them. And you have picked up, Mark, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. It'll be delivered to your house by the U.S. Post Office. Congratulations. Thanks to everybody who called in. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for listening. By the way, Tim Williams, uh, Brian last week <laughs> did not send me your address. So Ken's going to send that to me today, and I'll get your mugs out to you uh, at the same time that I get uh, Mark's out. I know. I think a weekend off, everything falls apart. Uh, you know what? You're not allowed to leave without my permission. I'll, I'll keep that in mind, Doc. Yeah, you <laughs> Take me to Japan with you. <laughs> Come on. If you'll fit in my suitcase. I'm ta- I'm only taking a backpack now and my equipment. That's it. That's it. Yeah, because the shopping in Japan is really good right now. You know, the yen is down. And, uh, of course, their domestic clothing industry, and they're closer to China, so the shimp- shipping's cheaper. So you can get clothing a lot cheaper there. So that's what I'm going to do when I go to uh, Hokkaido. We're going to go to downtown Sapporo, and I've already looked at some shopping malls. and it looks pretty nice. Is this, is this your first visit to Japan? First visit. Yeah. Well, going to Should Tokyo at all? I'm sorry? Going to Tokyo? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to fly... Uh, from here to Incheon, uh, which is the Seoul, South Korea's uh, major airport, big airport, because there's no direct flights to uh, Hokkaido, the northern island. You have to connect through Incheon or Tokyo or Hong Kong or somewhere, you, you know, some big airport. So anyway, we're going to fly into Incheon for four hours. We're laying over there so she can have some Korean food. And then we're going to jump on a plane, and we're going over to Hokkaido, land in Sapporo, the big city in the north. And uh, we're headed to a little resort village. Uh, it's got a Hilton Hotel. It's at the base of one of the big mountains, a beautiful ski resort area. And we should be there just in time for the leaves turning. And, you know, Hokkaido's pretty far north. It's it's probably uh, like uh, at the level of of Toronto or, or even further north. Uh, you would think that... Uh, you know, we tend to think of, of Asia as all being South Asia, and it's not. Northern Asia is cold, maybe. I mean, you know, Siberia and northern China, they get cold in the winter. And, and northern Japan and North Korea, they're right up there with them. Yeah, there was um, a lot of cold guys fighting in Korea back in the 50s. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, cho- the frozen chosen. Yeah, exactly. Well, good. I'm, uh, you're not gonna, are you doing a show from Japan? Yeah, why not? We give it a shot, see how it works. Yeah. Well, listen, I did it from a cruise ship in the Mediterranean. You remember that? I sure do. <laughs> the boat was rocking. It was listing about 60 degrees. <laughs> we, were in a, we were in a hurricane or a typhoon or something. and uh, But it was pretty interesting that my equipment was sliding off of the table and people were running up to hold on to it. <laughs> but I the was, signal held. I was surprised. Yeah, and the single held it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that was the gift, and we gave that a try. Now, supposedly, now the uh, we're struggling to replenish our munition stockpiles because of the Ukrainian war. I guess we're sending a lot of stuff over there. And one of my friends, who's in the reserves, and he go he's a, a podiatrist, a foot doctor, but he goes and plays soldier. You know, they have to do that. And when he goes, you would think that he's doing medical stuff. No, he's out there firing M4s and 50 calibers and shooting rockets and stuff. And, uh, you know, there's boots on the ground. 
we got people there and we're supplying munitions too. And as you said, Ken, uh, one of our, what was it? A Patriot? Patriot missile brought down a um, hypersonic missile. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And, and meanwhile, back in Israel, uh, the Israelis are seizing, um, what is it? Binance, B-I-N-A-N-C-E, crypto accounts that uh, are being held by Islamic State terrorists and uh, uh, different Muslim terrorist groups that are out to get the uh, get the Israelis. Poor Israelis are always being picked on. You know, you you've heard that poop happens. Have you ever heard that? I've, I've heard the saying. Yes, I thank you for well, cleaning you know, it up. You know what the Jews say? Why does this poop always happen to me? <laughs> You know what the Catholics say? What's that? I deserve this poop. <laughs> you know what the Protestants say? What's that? It's somebody else's poop. <laughs> and you know what the Hindus say? Oh, I don't. What is that? This poop's all happened before, baby. <laughs> and then the Buddhist, you know what they say? Uh, what do they say, Doc? What is poop? <laughs> so at any rate, the Israelis have seized 190 uh, crypto accounts. Uh, and apparently Islamic State and the Hamas and Hezbollah and all these groups that are that are out to get the uh, the poor Jews, my people. And uh, by the way, the Catholic side of the family is probably next, but we'll see. First, they're going to get the Jews and then come after us, Ken. Probably. That's why we all have to be in this together. That's right. So, so Binance is uh, the... It's a big cryptocurrency holding company. So you could, it's like a stock or a spider fund. You can buy it and uh, hold on to it. And, and you've, got, uh, you've got shares in, in all these different cryptocurrencies. And, and so you can make money off of this. So they're, they're seizing all this stuff, getting it back, uh, and stopping the money from flowing. You know, that's how you do it. You stop the money. Right, exactly. You got to stop the money because the money's what buys all the arms and stuff from these illegal arms dealers. And if you don't stop it, well, they'll just keep doing it. I mean, they'll they'll keep fighting, they'll keep shooting at you and fighting you and throwing bullets at you and missiles and everything. Is this all oil money usually? Who knows where it comes from? You know, there's there's factions within Saudi Arabia, very wealthy people, obviously, like Osama bin Laden's family was wealthy. And one of the reasons that they uh, that, that Osama turned to be such a nasty boy is that he felt that his family had been disrespected by the Sauds, you know, the royal family. So he was going to get even. And he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he, he got- paid for it in the end, but. Well, you know, what the heck? Nothing lasts forever. Yes, yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, I, a lot of it is oil money. Like you said, it's coming from Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. I mean, those buildings in New York, they were brought down by Saudi Arabians. Saudi Arabian money. That's, that's for right, sure. yeah. So yeah, With, uh, you know, manipulating Egyptians and uh, Moroccans, and not Moroccans, but uh, Tunisians or someone from somewhere else, but... And they got some. They had some uh, sods in there, some Arabians in there too. Yeah, but if we didn't have to depend on what happened because of that, who paid the price for, for that? Nobody. We, yeah, we did. Well, we did, but I mean, as far as retribution, we went after you know Osama, oh. but we didn't go after the money people. No, we didn't go after the money people because guess what? They're investing in our our country too. So it's kind of like uh, 
these uh, PAC groups that, that they'll they'll give money to both the Democrats and the Republicans. Oh, sure. Hedge their bet. Absolutely. You don't know who's going to win. <laughs> well, I'm thinking in this case, it was pretty clear that uh, Islamic terrorists are, were not going to take over the United States. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But they made their point. And speaking of points and flying planes and all that, Colombia cancels flights returning migrants from the U.S., citing mistreatment of the of the migrants who came into the United States. So the way they treat them better in Colombia is to cancel the flight so they can't come back in. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you understand that? No, no, not at all. I don't. I have no idea what that means or why. But um, and then the Chinese are expelling. Uh, or the Canadians are expelling Chinese diplomats for targeting lawmakers. They're targeting some of their lawmakers, dude. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, they, you know, and because some of the lawmakers are uh, of Chinese ethnicity, and so they still have family over in Hong Kong and and uh, Kowloon and that area. Ah. So they say, you know, if you don't bend to our will, then guess what? We're going to harass and lock up your family. I was watching, um, I'm a big fan of the show, Gold Rush. Ever watch Gold Rush? I have not. It's about a guy who digs for gold. He makes millions and millions of dollars doing this. And in the off season, when it's winter at the Yukon, he goes looking around the world at other gold mines. And he was in uh, Bogota at a gold mine. And they were talking about the Chinese are there digging gold in Bogota. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are they doing there? Get them out of there. We got to get these people off this hemisphere. And Honduras, you know, the the uh, new president of Honduras, she's a left-wing loony. And uh, so she has uh, broken off ties with Taiwan, and she's invited the Chinese to come over and invest in Honduras. <clears throat> and remember, Hon Honduras has that little island, Roatan, which is a, just a gorgeous drop-dead island to visit. Been there, yeah, it's gorgeous, yeah. Well, you know, this is all very dangerous. It's it's not good, my friend. It's not good. No. Uh, here's the problem is uh, we, we don't have a president that's uh, standing up to them right now. Um, but uh, he's busy with his own problems. I guess his son's about ready to get indicted on criminal charges. And, uh, and I saw he was interviewed on CNN or somewhere, and they, they said, well, how do you feel about your son's legal problems. Not that you have anything to do with it. You're in any way connected to it, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> I had to laugh about that. Well, we'll see what he did when he was vice president. Oh, my God. That's where all his troubles are. And you know what? I said that the Obama administration would be one of the most corrupt if anybody ever investigated it. And, and Biden was the center of the corruption. I mean, he is just unbelievable. And, you know, that old man, he's been in politics, what, since he was in his 20s? So, I would think so, yeah. So he's, what, almost 80 now? Yeah, he must come up with the ranks, you know, city council and then the state house and stuff like that. 60 years. Yeah. How many how many friends and uh, uh, acquaintances, legal and illegal, do you think he's curried uh, and made favor with over the decades? Where's he from, Delaware? I think he was born in Pennsylvania. Now he lives in Delaware. Mm, okay, well, mm. a lot of rich friends, I'm sure. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. Speaking of of uh, 
uh, friends, uh, my Canadian friends, you know, they're all headed back, but I had one uh, who was down here, older woman, and she actually showed up at the ER uh, with abdominal pain, belly pain, and she ended up having a ruptured uh, colon, a hole in her colon. And uh, so we took her to surgery and took out that part. Uh, she had feces all over her abdominal cavity from it, uh, just a real big mess, and she was sick as a dog. And uh, the pathology returned with a cancer in her colon. And she got sick again. She got better, and then she got sick again. And so the surgeons had to go back in a second time, and they took out the whole colon and rewashed out the abdominal cavity and all that. And uh, we thought she was going to make it. She was up and down and up and down. And uh, finally, it just it just got to where she had multi-organ system failure, which means that uh, you know your lungs, your kidneys, your heart, your bowel, the, the major organ system. So what we say is if you have three or more major organ systems failing, your chances of survival are pretty slim. And uh, so day before yesterday, uh, we spoke with the family and they wanted to make her uh, do not resuscitate uh, uh, comfort measures only, uh, mm -hmm. which means that we transferred her to hospice and she expired yesterday. Uh, but I mean, she had a long life and a, and a good life. So, and we put up a valiant effort and the family was really brave. Uh, her, her husband and her son, uh, Canadians, her husband was originally from Italy. Uh, nice people, really nice. And, uh, but we tried our best. I mean, we threw everything at that woman, including the kitchen sink and just couldn't save her. But here's the thing now. Now, instead of us saying, okay, we're going to just stop life support the doctors and uh, and let the patient expire. Now we have to transfer to hospice. And guess what we do when we transfer to hospice? What's that? No, hospice is in, in the hospital. <laughs> so the, the hospice group comes in and I have to discharge the patient and then readmit the patient to hospice. So I have to do a discharge summary, which I bill for. Then I have to do another history and physical, which I bill for to hospice. And then a discharge summary when the patient passes uh, to hospice. So, and and guess who's taken over hospice? It used to be all, all charities, Ken. That's what I thought, yeah. No, private equity firms, because they're making money off of this. So they're getting into the end of life care. And what does this mean when you have... Uh, private equity firms that are looking to make money uh, getting into the end of life care. Uh, you know, this, this is not good. What well, who's the, picking up this tab now? Medicare or well, they're, they're billing Medicare. They're billing uh, the family. They're going to build a 90 year old widow. I mean, what's well, the travel insurance company will be on the hook for some of this. And um, then if you have private health insurance United or whatever, they negotiate deals with them and you're on the hook with them. And uh, and so many of these uh, transactions are being driven by the motive for quick money, mm. big money. So they're they're taking this out of the charitable uh, arena and putting it into the private enterprise arena. What does this mean, Ken? I mean, there's there's got to be some ethical questions here. Uh, do you keep people alive longer to make more money? Do you let them go ahead and, and expire? Do you make more money by letting them die? I mean, how does this work? And uh, these hospice hospitals that they're putting up or that are already in existence uh, that charge money to transfer patients there, 
what what is the bottom line here? So we've got private equity firms. You know, the private equity firms have taken over a lot of the big medical groups, the doctor groups too, emergency groups, radiology groups, anesthesia groups, hospitalist groups. You know, they're getting their hands into all of this. Well, if they don't think they're going to make money. They're not going to do it. So there's got to be a profit there somehow. Well, what they're doing is they're buying up all these, uh, like they'll go and buy all these big uh, anesthesiologist groups, put them together, run them for a couple of years, and turn around and sell it for two or three times what they paid for it to another private equity group. Well, it's a you know it's a pyramid scheme. Somebody is going to be at the top, and they're they're going to be losing money, and uh, and so one of the big groups. Uh, is actually going to file bankruptcy next month. Uh, one of the groups that has the hospitalist and the emergency room uh, doctors at our hospital uh, and the HCA hospitals in the area. So that that's uh, that, that's problematic. And the doctors are complaining because their fees are being cut because this company's struggling to make money and they're trying to uh, generate revenue and so they can show it to somebody else and pawn it off on another equity group. So they're losing money, and so now Medicare comes out with new rules every year, Ken. And, you know, they say, well, if your notes, your hospital note doesn't have that you talked with another doctor as a consultant and, and you give the name of that doctor, then we're, we're going to downcode you from a level three to a level two. <laughs> Man, they're coming after you all directions, aren't they? All directions. We are the most regulated industry in the country. I don't think anybody's as heavily regulated as us. Maybe the nuclear industry. That's about it. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. I feel sorry for you, Doc. You, put, well, you, you must have people there just doing paperwork. That's all they do. Oh, yeah. It's just unbelievable. You know, the, as I've said before, 20 to 30 percent of the Medicare dollar goes to administrative cost. 20 to 30 percent, Ken. That's high. Well, it's, you know, the Democrats like it because it, it creates uh, it creates busy jobs. You know, it creates work, and they like that. What's going to happen when AI comes along and takes away all those jobs? <laughs> what are those people going to do then? I don't know. AI is scaring the heck out of me, though. Someday you'll be sitting here talking to a computer. You won't need me anymore. I'll always need you, Ken. Oh, thanks, Doc. Nice to know I always got this show. By the way, we've got all of your your voice sounds recorded, and I'm having chat AI work on a on an artificial you in case you <laughs> go out of town over the weekend without telling me. In case I get, don't give up the cigarettes, I can live on forever in AI. That's right, and you can actually do that now, Ken. You can have yourself recorded and have all kinds of things, and 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 they'll do they'll actually do a 3D or you know a, a projection of you. And it's responsive, and so your family can ask you questions you can answer. Ooh, that's a little weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. You got about a minute, Doc. Uh, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about how handsome you are and how much <laughs> I missed you last week. And that dang Brian didn't send me uh, didn't send me uh, Tim Williams' address, so now I'm behind on my uh, mailing out. But that's okay. We'll get there. I'll get that for you today, so you'll have those mugs. Oh, man. You my man. You my man. <laughs> So, so what's, we, the, what's the office phone number out there? 
And uh, we got telemedicine, we got in office, we got it all. We're at 6399 38th Avenue North. By the way, I'm streaming live. I figured out how to get it on to drbillradiomd.com. I think Facebook, uh, William Handelman Facebook, and Dr. Bill Radio MD on YouTube. I think that I think it's going out there. It looked like it was this morning, Ken. So we're we're trying our best. And then I'm going to come yell at Joe uh, on Wednesday. I'll be there to see you guys and see the captain. I might go after that that uh, gun show. And you have a great weekend, buddy. Thank you, Doc. Say bye bye. Bye bye, Doc. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Doctor Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.